Begin transmission, Hello, everybody. It's Chris, aka Star Raptor. This is Outer Rim transmission number one oh three, take number two. We've been having some technical difficulties. Um, you would think after three weeks of being away, it would iron itself out, but apparently it's still there. Darn computer updates or whatever the heck could have screwed it up. Yeah, I'm joined by Ben. This week we're going to be talking all about Star Wars Celebration. That's where I was for the last three weeks over there in Europe, having a lot of fun and getting blitzed by so many Star Wars announcements that I literally had a headache after day one because I was like, I was yelling so loud, just had this grin on my face the whole time. So uh, the best way you can ever say you can get a headache is from Star Wars Overload. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me, like, I I was exhausted, too, and I wasn't even there because, <laughs> you know, for us over here in the U.S., you had to wake up before 6. Like, it started at about 6 our time. <laughs> so I had my alarm set for, like, 5.40 that day, so I got up. I, like... I was like, man, I cannot believe I'm waking up at 5.40 to refresh Twitter for Star Wars announcements. <laughs> and I was like, should I really do this? And I was like, well, let me just turn on all my lights to, like, make myself wake up, you know? <laughs> I did that, turned all my lights on, and was like, whoa, I'm tired. But as soon as I started seeing Star Wars news, I was, like, locked in. I was like, okay, here we go. And, like, I was texting people about it. So, like, and, and you know, messaging you guys in the chat, in the group chat. So, uh, yeah, I... I got locked in, but it took me like a half hour because I was like, whoa, I'm really tired, actually. Um, so it was a good time, though. It, it was fun, even back here, just refreshing, 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 just waiting for the next bit of news. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll start off. We'll start off with our highlights. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter, different kind of show. Uh, Milton's not going to be able to join us tonight. We're recording very late, by the way. Um I've been kind of on the verge of on German time still. So I've been like six hours ahead. So for me, it feels like it's 3 a.m. still. So that gives you an idea of what my energy level is and why we're only going to probably do this for about 30 minutes today or something like that. Um, so I think the best way to tackle this is just let's maybe pick, you know, maybe three highlights of things from the entire convention uh, announcements or otherwise that, that we've enjoyed. Um uh, I mean, I assume for you it'd be announcements because you weren't you weren't there. But you know, maybe maybe next time in Japan we'll get you there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there we go. Yeah, it it was definitely a really good time. Like getting all the 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 different announcements and everything. Um, yeah, for me though, to kick this off, um, I would say for me, my number one by far big earth shattering moment of of the entire convention we'll get into like the movie side of things but i think even though we already knew basically he was going to be he was going to be the character i just think seeing lars mickelson as grand admiral thrawn in the trailer of course we didn't see his face but in the trailer anyways but the fact that lars was there and was talking about it and was um you know so excited like it's cool because he's not really on social media so it was great seeing like he was like tearing up on stage and stuff like how oh. a pre how yeah like on the on the live stage when he when he did his interview it was him and Ray Stevenson he was getting yeah. kind of choked up because like he couldn't believe how like appreciated like how excited mm. like the fan reaction was cuz you know from his point of view you know of course like he said he did the character in Rebels and he heard about the character's history but you know probably from his point of view it was going to be like a Tarkin type like you know, fans probably not getting hyped because it's not Darth Vader or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, like, actually, like, seeing his reaction, like, the fans were so excited. Like, when he walked out on stage, 
like they were just like going crazy and he like you could just actually see like the genuine surprise on his face like whoa like they <laughs> actually are like really excited about my character so it was it was really cool hearing Lars talk about that interesting thing he mentioned uh um you know because a lot of people talked about this but you know it was like wondering what his eyes would look like and he said he wore like you know straight the red contacts and then he has you know they just cgi'd the the whites in his eyes red so his eyes should look really really good um but yeah i think that was like my number one thing of of celebration was seeing the ahsoka trailer and then of course seeing lars as thrawn because like that's everything we've imagined you know we've always like been like how you know how would they ever do thrawn in live action especially yeah. after Man mando season two when they like fully confirmed like he was going to be in live action basically when ahsoka said where's thrawn and now we're getting him it's going to be incredible in my opinion yeah, and the funny thing was, they announced Thrawn for Star Wars Rebels back in 2016, the last time they had it at the Excel Center in London. So it's like, it comes around full circle. Like, they always make these big Thrawn announcements in that building. Yeah. Oh, they do, too. And then the fact that, um, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, um, you know, to go along with the Thrawn announcement, you know, it was, it was tied in with the Ahsoka stuff. It was so great seeing Dave Filoni, like he was literally getting choked up oh, big time. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He, he he was getting major choked up, like oh, about crying on stage. Yeah, and freaking choked was, up watching him get choked oh, up. It was it was it was so cool. Like, I yeah. I loved hearing him say, like, you know, if uh, even if I wasn't here working yeah. for Star Wars, I'd be out there in the audience with I you know. guys. That's how big of a fan he is. I like know. that is, a, and you know, that's genuine from him because he's that big of a fan. Like, I loved Dude. it. Yeah, as somebody that was, like, there, like, it was so cool to, like, see the appreciation from the creators and the actors and everybody that's part of Star Wars. Like, they genuinely just showed so much, you know, grateful thanks to all of yep. us that showed up there. And I'll tell you what, that was the most packed convention I've ever been in. And I've been to quite a few, whether it be New York Comic Con every year or... Star Wars celebration since 2019. I've been to every one, and and this one, man, I, they they must have oversold the tickets for that place because the, the the first day Friday, I I couldn't walk around. Like usually, I could like walk around and I'll go to a booth and I'll like check out the action figures or whatever. I'd even try to go near there, and then yeah. and getting around the live stage. I mean, you seen it on the cameras. It was like insane getting anywhere near the live stage. It was just a sea of people, a sea oh, yeah. of people. That Oh yeah, that was cool seeing how many people um, that were there and like getting so excited about things. And like, you know, one more little note on the Ahsoka panel, on the Ahsoka stuff too. That was really good. I got a good laugh out of Ray Stevenson when he was getting interviewed. Yeah, because he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, he had he had um, he had worked in Star Wars before. I think he played Gar. Saxon, yeah, I didn't I realize that. Yep. Yeah, he played Gar. And the funny thing is, he uh, he laughed and was like, yeah, you know, when I got a call from from the people at Lucasfilm, like, asking me if I wanted to be in this in this show, he said, let me guess, of course, you know, since I'm an old uh, British-sounding guy, yeah. you're going to make me you're gonna make me be a villain. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what a lot of old British people are in Star Wars. So that was, that was pretty funny hearing him say that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, since we're already on topic, we could talk a little bit about the Ahsoka panel more. And, I yeah. mean, I even got a little bit emotional seeing... Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead coming on stage as Heron showing her picture, and I was like, holy crap, like, 
This is an animated character come to life again. And they keep doing it and they keep looking amazing. So that got to me because it's like, holy crap, like this is amazing to see this. And, and, and again, being in the room where this was announced and, and, and feeling the energy of the room and the buzz of everybody else that was in there being like, oh, my God, like it was so cool. It was literally like a rock concert. But yeah, I mean, I, I was happy that they officially released the trailer. I thought the trailer was great because it, it basically gave like Star Wars Rebel Season 5 vibes, you know, between Chopper oh, yeah. and the Phantom and a little Ezra hologram. Great saber action. Oh, my gosh. World between worlds in the background. Really? It looks like it. Yeah, like when you see Ray Stevenson's character, it looks like, um, what's his name? Shin. When you see him in the background, when you see, if you look in the background, when he's, when he like has his lightsaber out or whatever, it looks like the world between worlds, like the, the way it looks like Whoa. the vibe. So, so I think, I think it for sure is that, and you know, like you said, you got like, it is, it's rebel season five, essentially. I mean, that's how, that's how I'm viewing it anyways, in my head canon. Like it just feels like it's going to be rebel season five, basically. Um, so like it just, I think that's a, um, a great part of it. And then it was funny. I got a good laugh out of Rosario because she said, she was like, Oh, I can finally relax and like actually talk about this show now. Like with with all the news of who's in the show now, who's who's in the show actually. Like because you know she's been like one of the biggest leakers of this show. Like just dropping the actors that have been in it. Like Lars, for example. Like she literally posted a year and a half ago how excited she was working with Lars, and then you know now she was like celebrating that she can actually talk about the show. So it was cool just like seeing her reaction. Um, yeah, I think I think that was the biggest highlight though for me for sure was the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka stuff. Yeah, it was at least on the TV side of things. Mm -hmm. Now you said TV, uh, nice segue because I'm going to talk about movies and the fact oh. that I called this one. I, I called this one. I called this one, and I even said this like right before we got in the room. I said oh, they're they're going to bring Daisy Ridley on stage, and damn if I wasn't right. But that, that I mean, I want to just talk about the fact that Lucasfilm went out and announced not one, not two, but three movies and had all the directors there to talk about those little projects was a huge thing because it's not like they announced a trilogy. They announced three kind of standalone movies in different, completely different eras. And when they kind of, the way they did it was pretty neat because they showed, this was at the end, they showed the different um, eras, you know, the Fall of the Jedi, the New Republic, the... The Dawn of the Republic, whatever, all those different... And it started out, like, they first showed it, and it had the Old Republic on there. And I was like, holy crap, like, literally the Old Republic. Finally, they acknowledged the Old Republic before the High Republic. And then they brought on James Mangold, and they expanded that to Dawn of the Jedi. And I, I about lost it. And then they brought yeah. in the director for the New Jedi Order, and then they expanded that out to the New Jedi Order after whatever the, the fall, the, the, the first order, the rise of the first order, whatever that error is called. So just the boldness of Lucasfilm to finally do what I've been wanting them to do for the longest time is to do movies in other errors. And even James Mangold said like his movie is basically like 25,000 years in the past about the very first Jedi. Like this is the stuff we've been daydreaming about for years. Yeah. Oh yeah, for for years. I mean, his movie 
it's so exciting. Like, like you said, that movie is going to be really cool just because he can literally do pretty much whatever he wants because it's 25,000 years ago, so he doesn't have to worry about anything. And then, um, Charmaine's, Charmaine, uh, Obeyed Shinoi, I believe is her name, um, the Ray movie director for the New Jedi Order. That that movie is going to be exciting um, because I think they they should be able to get things like on track with like um, where they left off and Rise and everything. And the fact that it takes place 15 years after Rise, like like if you listen to the quotes, like the way they talked, like Ray is like establishing like. The Jedi, like, like she's going to have, there's going to be some established Jedi once we get into this movie. Like, it doesn't sound like she's starting it from, like, we're getting ground zero. Like, it sounds like we're going to be having a couple Jedi, like, around potentially. Oh. So, so like, because cause if you listen, like, like the way Kathy talked about it, like, she was in, a, um, in, in an interview with, um, with one of the websites. I saw her, it was like a separate video. But she, uh, it, it. They're basically, it's kind of, they're kind of alluding to like, it sounds like she might have it started up a little bit versus mm. from ground zero. Um, so there's that, like that movie is going to be really, really cool. And that's going to be the first movie, at least we're thinking anyways, coming up here in a couple years. So you have that one. And then the Dave Filoni movie, like that was huge for me. I mean, that's mm. pretty much pretty much heir to the empire like what was what was people's reactions in um at celebration for that chris or like what was your reaction when you heard like dave's getting a movie wrapping yeah, the manovers like i said I, I i said to you i i think i basically i th- lost my voice by the end of this hour and a half <laughs> it was intense like i i just kept yelling and yelling and yelling and uh, that was the thing. It's like, yes, Dave finally gets his due. He directed Ahsoka, all those episodes. What else could you do to prove yourself? You direct a whole live action series. What's next? Oh, just do the feature film at this point. Just do it. So, oh man, yeah, that that's cool. Like, I'm I'm happy that they're sticking to their guns. And they announced this back in 2020. This big climactic finale is going to be in the theaters, and uh, it's great to hear that that is still on track because we've had a bit of mix up between. Rangers of the New Republic, and and I don't even know. So, like, nothing set in stone, obviously, at Lucasfilm, but it's good to see things like this are still being made. Yeah, I think the good thing is, you know, say what you want about, like, the um, the New Jedi Order movie. I think that's for sure happening, because Daisy really, you, you can't, like, walk that back. And then I think for sure the Dave Filoni movie is happening because he literally works there. Like, I don't think, I don't think they, are, they can go to him and say, hey, we're backing out, and then... The James Mangold movie, the reason I think that's going to happen too, I think they're going to go three for three on these movies because if you think about it, it also, for all of our Indiana Jones fans listening and watching, that gives me a lot of confidence in the Indy 5 movie because they saw what James Mangold did for Indy 5, so it makes you wonder like how good that movie is since oh, they already... I've re- already, re- I've already seen movie. some of the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say they showed you guys. They what, showed us 10 like minutes or some ten minutes, and it was amazing. Yeah. Like it was, yep. it was a scene in Morocco. I'll do a little like diversion. It was a scene in Morocco, and it's like in the sixties. And uh, what's the what's the actress's name that played Ellie L through three seven in Solo? She's like the new sidekick. Yeah. She's like his goddaughter. Yep. Um and, 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 and so it was, it was also it's like. It captures the same energy that you had in those first three movies. 
Like what James okay. Mangold did is it's not even directed. Yeah, it's not directed by Steven Spielberg, but he got that kind of imagery down and like the kind of slapstick antics with the the danger yeah. and they're they're riding by these there's these neo Nazis in this car and they're trying to track them down and they're like jumping in between cars and like these three wheel twi and there's just amazing music that's led by John Williams in the background and it just looked so good. I'm like yeah, sign me up. I'm watching this day one. Um, oh yeah, I can't. I can't wait. I'm so excited for it. And good news for anyone that's followed along with our saga of me losing our local theater here over the past few years. Well, our new one is opening up, and it's going to be like Dolby Atmos surround and like everything. Yeah, like it's and it's going to be five minutes from here. So like, I am so so hyped about that. Damn, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so the movies were, were the movie announcements were fantastic, fantastic. Uh, what other what other announcements were you were you really jazzed to hear about? Doesn't have to oh. be this first panel. Anything over the whole weekend? So yeah, I mean, I would say I'd say like I said, the Ahsoka panel was huge. The movies were huge, in my opinion. Um, and I would say just overall, like I think when it comes to me, it was just great. Um, it was great just like seeing, like I said, the actors and the creatives talking about these projects and like how passionate they are talking about the projects. Um, you know, so like the Acolyte, for example, like the Acolyte was was really was a really cool panel just because like the trailer leaked out there online. Like I'm sure people can find it, but the trailer looks great. And then you have the whole um, it's like the creatives behind it as we were talking about earlier before we had technical difficulties um like leslie headland like the way she talked about the series like she's so passionate about star wars like she has a great history with the franchise like it's not any of this like generic canned celebrity talk about star wars like she seems genuine like she liked the old eu she you know checked out the high republic um current in the current canon and like you know you have these type of things you know and then she like you know talks about like george lucas's star wars like you know it's it just feels like she's being like real genuine about like star wars so i was really happy like hearing the way she talked about the acolyte that was very very impressive like to me it, it gets me excited for that show and the fact um you know the way i'm really interested because you know the the big dilemma when it comes to tv shows or movies is they always say you can't like make a movie or show from the angle of the bad guy like people always say oh you can't get a darth vader movie to work because you can't you can't go from the bad guy's point of view but but the way she talked about like the acolyte they're gonna try to like attempt to make like the jedis look almost like villains from this you know since we're gonna be on the sith side of things they're gonna be making like the jedi look more like bad like bad guys for example for the audience so i'm i'm actually excited for that because it'll be like you know putting a perspective on the Sith side of things as to why they're Sith. Oh yeah. And I'm happy you brought this up because that that's actually my my other highlight from Celebration was uh the High Republic panel the following day on Saturday. And you know, I, I I'll be honest, I I was hoping that we would get some connection between what we're reading and what's gonna happen on the screen in in a year or so. And so the panel was already amazing. The panel was great because they were just giving us all the information. They did a quick recap of what's happened, and then they started going into phase three, which is the final phase, which is the Trials of the Jedi. And it takes place a year after the events of phase one. 
The Nile have effectively won. They have taken over the Outer Rim territories, and all the Jedi have receded back to the core, uh, to Coruscant to kind of come up with a plan. But effectively, the Nile have now won, which is insane. Um, and so they were talking about, you know, they were talking about the books that are coming out, the authors, the Luminary. Luminous authors were all there. They were talking, okay, this is my book for Phase 3. This is my book. Here's some hints of what's going to happen. And then that's when they said, okay, we're going to turn off the live stream now. Everybody at home, we had fun, but it's time for you guys to go. And then when they say that, it's like, oh, shoot, what are they going to show us? What are they going to show us now? Because they were live streaming that panel. And then, next thing you know, Leslie Headland walks on stage and she was announced as like the 10th luminous author, which is pretty freaking cool. So to see her on that stage, acknowledging all of us that have poured the time and the passion into these stories we've been reading since 2021 or whenever it was the phase one came out was really gratifying. Um, she was talking, as you said, about her respect for the written material, the respect oh. for a time after these special editions between them and the, and the Phantom Menace, there wasn't anything but the books and the video games. Uh, she didn't say video games, but, you know, the expanding universe in general. And, and she was saying how important that was for her, how Star Wars saved her life and all this. It was a really awesome moment. And then that wasn't all, because then she said, I have my wife playing Vernestra Rowe who is a character that was introduced in Wave 1, Phase 1 of the High Republic. The Miri Allen Jedi, that was a, she was a Jedi prodigy at 15. She was, she was knighted at the age of 15. She has a violet lightsaber that turns into like a whip. Um, she's a really awesome character. So I just about lost my mind along with everybody in that place because it was pretty funny. There we were sitting, uh, me and Dominic from the Star Wars Underworld and, and, and my girlfriend were all sitting next to each other. And and right behind us was an entire row of like hardcore High Republic cosplayers. <laughs> I bet they some, went crazy. Some of them were cosplaying the character. Oh, dang. That's and cool. I literally heard them. I heard those people weeping. They were crying tears of joy. I, I heard sniffling and everything. It was like, even I started like, holy crap, this is a powerful moment. When Lucasfilm totally goes all in, Leslie had, thanks to Leslie Hedlund, goes all in on the publishing to make it that same level of the quality and the storytelling that we get from the other mediums of Star Wars. So that for me specifically, as you guys know, the channel, I grew up the channel based on book reviews and everything else. It's like, damn, this is one hell of a moment to be a part of. And I was in the room. I was like, this was the best like book panel ever. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really awesome seeing that. Like when, when she said um, they were bringing in that character into live action, I was like, dang, I bet like all the higher public fans are so excited because, you know, it's great. It's, you know, it's like, like we said with uh, clear back to even Chopper in Rogue One, like just getting that validation of like them including like the animated show into live action and then now the books into live action. Like it's cool, like actually getting that validation because then it actually puts a value on those materials for for audiences versus like, oh, are we just reading this stuff and not ever going to get a live action or an animated payoff? And now they're actually bringing in one of 
the main one of the characters from the higher public like, like that's really really cool in my opinion I can't hear you. Okay, so this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a fun one. Um, my highlight is not an announcement, but it's a moment that happened at Star Wars Celebration 2023. And I, I, was, I was at a panel on Sunday for Star Wars publishing books and whatnot. I was in my Cal Kessis costume. And they have like a, a warm-up thing before the show happens before the panel happens they have like a hype guy up there and he's like always playing games with people to get just the room to be entertained until the show actually starts and he called up everybody with a lightsaber he's like everybody with a lightsaber come on to the front of the room and i had my lightsaber and uh the guy that, that the guy i had met literally like like in line who recognized me as star raptor this guy was like hey are you star raptor so we this guy from um oh gosh i forget his name but he's from he's from um canada and he looked at me he's like dude you got to go up there you have your lightsaber and so he kind of twisted my arm and i was like yeah i'll go i'll go <laughs> so here i am with like my full cow cosplay and there's a couple of other jedi up there. there's probably like eight of us and we are on the Twin Sun stage, which is the smallest out of the three stages, which is Twin Suns, Galaxy stage, Celebration stage is like the room that had like 4,000 people, uh, the biggest room there. So this room probably had close to 500, maybe 1,000 people, somewhere in that realm. But yeah, here I was before the publishing panel showing my best lightsaber choreography, which I felt really inferior because some of those guys that were up there with like their Jedi robes must have been legit from the Saber Guild because they were doing like cartwheels with one hand, like flipping up, <laughs> catching the lightsaber in midair and spinning around. And I'm sitting there like just trying my best for like BD1 who's like on my shoulder to like not fall off as I was kind of spinning around. And it was like I gave it a valiant effort and I was like, yeah, I know I'm not going to win this, but I'm going to have fun with it. The guy was all playing on the mic. He's like, "Yeah, Cal Kestis," and everybody was loving it. And then, and then, and then the next thing was, "Okay, now we have to fight each other." So we each turned to the closest person that had the lightsaber. We were literally dueling in front of all these people, like multiple Jedi were just like dueling each other in front of this room of everybody. And it was like, I ended up getting like a nice sticker, exclusive sticker out of the deal. But it was, it was one of those moments that was so funny. And then the panel itself like absolutely disappointed me. Because the panel itself was like, hey, let's not talk about two of the books that are coming out soon. Let's talk about uh, the Star Wars Timelines book, which is now out. Let's talk about uh, this Chewbacca or no, no, this Buryaga and Yoda story with kids. Let's talk about uh, Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view for 20 minutes. It's like we didn't get any meat or anything out of that panel. Yeah. And it, 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 and it kind of happened the same thing last year. And the part that irks me when it comes to these things is when whoever's moderating a panel or whoever, in this case it was Michael Siglain, and I met the guy actually later on that night. Pretty cool guy, nice guy. But I just don't like the decisions that people make when they say, you, you pay all this money, right? You, you, you pay, I paid several thousands of dollars to go to Europe for that weekend, and I loved it. It was a time of my life. But you don't have people spend thousands of dollars and then tell them, oh, we have stuff to show you, but we're, we're going to wait to show to the people going to the next convention in California. It's like, hold on a minute. I'm not going to California. Spill the beans right now. Or at least don't even mention that you have anything to spill because now it's like, 
I feel left out because it's like you have stuff that you could have said, oh, but we're not going to show it until San Diego Comic-Con. It's like no one in this room is going to San Diego Comic-Con. So why'd you make a comment about that? Because we're all here spending thousands of dollars to be here right now to learn about the stuff right now. Oh, uh, we'll learn about more at San Diego and we'll learn more at New York Comic-Con. Like, well, thanks. Like, that was useless, but thanks. Yeah, it's just like holding the cookie out in front of you. Like, okay, go to the next thing. And they do that every time. With these publishing mm. panels, they're always like, "Oh, we have we have so much more, but we can't talk about it." It's like, just talk about it. You're at a Star Wars convention. Who cares? Yeah, like um, the news will be out there eventually, and it would just be more like good PR for the book side of things, in yeah. my opinion, anyways. Yeah, there's but... there's nothing exciting about that panel, and uh, in retrospect, I should have. I at that point, I'd split up from my girlfriend, and she went off to do some some other panel. I was like, I should have just went to that panel instead, or something. But it was all worth it for the lightsaber battle. If it wasn't yeah. for that, I would have been really bummed. But I, I just got a kick out of it. I think Rob, my one friend I met that weekend, Rob from, from the UK, ended up getting a video of it. So it'll be edited into my uh, celebration vlog, which will be up at some point in the next couple of days. I already have a cosplay video up there. A lot of great cosplay. Oh, my gosh. Like These Europeans really know how to make costumes, man. Um, there was a full-on dirge cosplayer. Love it. <laughs> there was a full-on awesome. dirge cosplayer. In my cosplay video, I had, and this is the one I was talking about for you, I, I found a yep. whole squad of Republic Commandos. Yep. That I was see, so cool. That was that. so cool, because, like, when I go to these things, I'm always bringing a video camera with me. And sometimes I feel like I'm George Lucas, because I'm, like, I go up to, like, anybody, and I'm like, hey, I'm doing a cosplay video. Would you like to be a part of it? It's going to be on YouTube. And no one ever says no, obviously, like, you spend oh, yeah. you spend hours on these costumes. Of course, you want somebody to, you know, take Show video of you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, I go up to the I got most of the time I go up to somebody, and I don't know what I'm gonna have them do. So I ask them if they have any ideas, if anything. Some of them do have ideas. So the Republic Commando guys instantly knew what they were doing. They were like, they they got into like a huddle as if they were actually like doing tactics they're they're like using yeah. their their hands like all right you go here you go there you go there you go there and i was just standing back like kind of like laughing like this is freaking star wars celebration like i'm watching republic commandos <laughs> communicate like they're in war right now and then they're like okay we're ready and i was like all right cool and i count up the three two one and then they, they go by and they're like doing their tactical maneuvers and i'm just like this is freaking awesome yeah, that's awesome. I mean, hey, you're just like shooting Star Wars at that point. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That at one point, I mean, at one point, I had like a bunch. I was like literally directing like these Mandalorians, like going to attack Jedi, and I was like, all right, you're gonna go here, then you're gonna come around here, and then do this thing, and then I'm like, and I literally was like, I'm basically a director right now <laughs> for for a fan film or something. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's awesome. Hey, Star Wars Celebration fan films. That, that'll be the new series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about it now. That, that's another highlight is how can you not talk about the, the costuming at Star Wars Celebration? I even went to the Star Wars Celebration costume panel for the first time, like the cosplay competition. They have it every year. and I always miss out on it, but I was there live. They even had a... Um, I like how this one it was set up where they had different categories so it wasn't just like only one person won something like they had best kids costume and there was a kid that had a full-fledged boba fett costume this little girl it was incredible she even had 
like a little like holographic thing that popped up with her chain code with like Django mm-hmm. fed on there. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so another cool. another kid was like um a little Annie from the pod races. I was like, oh my gosh. I was literally that kid's age and I would have killed to have a costume like that for like Phantom Menace. The, oh, yeah, helmet, I love, the helmet and everything. Oh yeah, I love seeing those type of um costumes, whether it be like the kids. The adults, whoever, like it's cool seeing like mm-hmm. how realistic some of these people's costumes yeah. are. Because I'm like, dang, like you put so much time and effort, and you know, luckily they survived the trip over there. Oh, um, I know. Like some of the people, I like is when they when they have the people walk out into the runway, so to speak. They have uh, the DJ um, just basically talking about all the work that went into the costume, all the detail, and like the the Padme gowns are always there, and they're always just amazes me how much work every little stitch they make all the stuff is handmade they don't buy anything it's like literally they just sew it up from scratch and they like put like just so much effort it's like 500 hours or like so much time that or, or more than that it's just incredible what they what they do and then they have some people that you know have a simpler costume like han solo but then they go for the likeness of the face and the hair and it's like oh my gosh that actually really looks like harrison ford and then at one point the guy just started doing like a like um on the spot like dialogue where it's like chewy where are you and he, it was pretty funny because he like got so into character and you're like oh my gosh this is like a deleted scene from star wars or something <laughs> yeah yeah that's that is that's really cool. Like I love seeing those type of costumes. I always think to myself, I don't know who I'd who I'd want to cosplay as if I ever if I would ever do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be it'd be a lot of fun trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just think I just think that whole side of Star Wars is so cool. Just because like it lets fans like really like get involved in Star Wars, you know, and like you know you're there with thousands of other star wars cosplaying fans and then even the people who aren't cosplaying are are looking at you going man those costumes look cool mm. oh yeah oh yeah 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 I, you know people love loved bd1 and i was walking around and, and and a funny story here with bd1 is i went to this awesome event uh with rob with my girlfriend with dominic jones from the star wars underworld called cantina 2 and this was like the the marquee after hours event for star wars celebration it was a a separate ticketed event um and it was held in the o2 which is like this really modern looking really well it is this really modern building over there like right across from canary wharf it was it's a place where they have thousands of people that's often where elton john has played and different things but anyway we, we were in a separate room that was part of the o2 and you had this band called Ash playing, and Ash sounds a lot like Weezer for those that are familiar with the with the band from America here. And what happened was they had a whole backdrop of like a Tatooine scene, which was really cool, like like all these different like uh, little props and stuff behind the band. And then they had a big projector, and they were constantly playing like Star Wars moments, like from the movies or the trailers and stuff. And they were playing it in slow motion, like slow motion, but the music was like timed pretty good to it. So it was really fun because here I am just hanging out in my Cal Kestis cosplay, just hanging out with BD1. And at one point, I don't know if you've watched this, Ben, but they had the Tamora Morrison. Commercial for the Polynesian Spring um, 
Polynesian spa where he's like yep. walking around with his shirt off and he like gets into the hot tub and they played that at like half speed with the music and I have a That's video great. clip of it. I'll put it in the, in the vlog, I believe I do. They have a video clip of that moment when he's like, and they played the thing like twice as they're playing their music to this one clip. It was so funny. So That's funny. Great. And then at one point, the guy goes, how many you like Republic Commando? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, all right. And then they started showing a Republic Commando gameplay as, mm. as this rock band was playing. And I had a beer and I was having a good old time. I was just like, this is Star Wars Celebration. I'm like sitting there cheering, watching gameplay from this video game that was 20 years old as this awesome rock band is playing to it. And I'm surrounded by Star Wars fans and costumes. Like, this is the reason why you come to Celebration for moments like this where you're just like, this is great. This is great. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got to love those type of moments um, at events like that just because it's like, you know, you know every single person that came there you know, they all love Star Wars as much as you. Like, they're all there. Like, you know, you could literally bump into anybody and go, hey, what's your Star Wars fandom about? You know what I mean? Like, you could talk to anyone there. So I uh, I think that's really, really cool. Like, just, just like, getting getting to be there. Like you said, getting to, like, those moments. Like, whether it be, like, the bands, the after parties. Like, those type of things. Like, it's just, it's just uh, you know, it's a really cool part of the whole fan experience versus just the panels. Yeah, and then and then what happened was the night was getting kind of late <laughs> and I might have had one or two drinks more than I should have <laughs> and I decided, oh, let's let's make things a little bit rowdier around here, shall we? So I started to kind of dance a little bit for like a kind of like kind of like tried to kind of make a little dancing pit kind of thing. So I started to kind of work my way through the people and not pushing anybody, but just kind of nudging my way kind of through yep. next thing you know, BD one falls out and breaks into pieces. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so yes, I have evidence. This is luckily it wasn't, wasn't terrible, but uh, the BD one has now come apart in two pieces. I mean, that's going to be an easy repair job. I can just, yeah, I mean, it's glue. I can just glue it or I can get some, uh, screws and just bolted in but it could have been worse but yeah it was a sad moment but the but the main thing was I was done with him for the weekend anyway and that was the last time I was bringing him out so I was like I'm happy he lasted this long <laughs> yeah hey there you go that's that's great I mean it it's uh it's it is it's just cool like seeing like I mean you know just thinking about that like hanging out listening to music having drinks and you're dressed up, you're cosplaying as Star Wars characters with other Star Wars cosplayers and fans. Like, that's that's pretty pretty awesome. Okay, so so Dark Nerdy Gonzo is saying, if I'm not mistaken, Ash did that song Clones for Republic Commando. Mm. That band is a personal fave for Ewan McGregor, who has name-checked them in several interviews. That makes nice. so that's... much sense, because I remember the clone line, like, when they were playing the like, clones, clones, and I was like, this is awesome! <laughs> That is that is really cool. I like that. Um, yeah, no, there were so many good moments like that yeah, at Celebration. Yeah, and there were, there were so many like fun moments. Like 
me okay that now i'm just devolving this podcast into just stupid moments of me at celebration at this point but well, i guess uh, okay uh, okay here's okay here's a question I'll, i guess i'll be the interviewer on on the on this portion okay so uh you know of course you know like you me milton all of our podcast listeners are hardcore star wars fans how was the experience for your girlfriend like maybe not being as crazy about star wars as we are like how was how did she enjoy it being like you know, going to celebration with you. Oh yeah, she 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 loved it quite a bit. Especially she she was in that first panel with me, and mm. she was like, "That was amazing." I was like, "Yeah," she like she was getting just as excited as I was, or maybe not as much excited because it's hard to be as excited as I am about Star Wars sometimes. <laughs> but I could I could hear her literally like like when especially when like Daisy Ridley uh, came on stage, she was like, "Holy crap, that's really her!" And I was like, "Yep." Or like oh, yeah, when. That- yeah, or you know, or when Diego Luna came on stage, she was like, yep. "Oh wow, this is amazing!" You know, and yep. and then uh, with they showed Skeleton Crew. Oh she's, yeah, we haven't got to that yet. Yeah, she she's a huge Stranger Things fan, and they showed us the the trailer that no one else has seen, and it very much is Stranger Things vibes. It's oh, yeah. got like a freaking Star Wars neighborhood that we've never seen before. Like, literally, it's like a block where there's, like, a little community and there's, like, little speeder tr- cars, like, going around the block and then the kids get lost. And the parents are like, oh, my gosh, where's the kids? And uh, the um, pirate from Mando Season 3 shows up at Gordian, some point in there. Gordian Shard, I think? No, 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 mm-hmm. the, the Vane. Oh, Vane. Oh, Vane, yeah. Okay, yeah. The guy that got away. Yeah, he's yep. he's shown in there. Oh, and then, and then Jude Law uses the freaking Force at the end of the trailer. Yep, he's a he's a Jedi, or some force sensitive or something. Or something. Yeah. But that was, but no, that was a cool segment of the panel because they brought out all the kids, or at least three of the kids. I think the fourth kid, unfortunately, was sick. Yeah. Um, but they all had a lot of charisma. But it was really funny because, and this is unfortunately the sign of the new generation and what their connection with Star Wars is. So the interviewer was like, oh, yeah, so what's your first memory of Star Wars? And, like, for all the kids, like, their first memory of Star Wars wasn't even their own. It was something about their parents. Like, the one Mm. kid was like, oh, my first memory of Star Wars was when my dad bought me, like, this Star Wars onesie or something. And I didn't even know what Star Wars was. (laughs) Or another one was like, I remember my, my first memory of Star Wars was my dad asking my mom to get a Star Wars rug. And she said no. <laughs> no. Like, like their memories weren't like mine or yours, where it's like, oh, I remember seeing Jabba the Hutt, and he was like really creepy, but yeah. also cool. Like, like you could tell, like, kids nowadays, they don't first go to Star Wars. Like, they're probably watching Marvel first, or they're doing something else. You know, it's not like yep. the same. For- Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, well, the cool thing is about that whole thing, it's cool seeing like the cat, the, um, the kids being like the leads of the show and like, you know, the fact they were talking about how like, you know, they're wanting to get like the old Amblin vibes and you know, the Amblin vibes, it's basically like the, the Spielberg era, like the ETs of the world, like those type of like kid led movies from the eighties. Like it's cool hearing them talk about that. And then the director's list for that show is fantastic. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. It is fantastic like there's oscar not oscar winners on it yeah um, there's other um emmy winners etc like the whole list of directors for, for that show is fantastic like i think that show personally 
you know, there was a little bit of buzz about it, but there wasn't much. Like, I think no. that show's going to be very, very slept on going into it. And I think it's going to turn out to be one of the better live-action Star Wars shows because of, like, the directors. Like, the storytelling alone, I think, is good. And I think the show has a lot of potential because look at how, like, Stranger Things took off. Look at how um, other shows, like, hell, even, even, like, Outer Banks on Netflix. That's, like, younger kids. Like, you know, shows with younger kids seem like they seem to take off these days. So maybe this show is going to get that momentum and be a big hit like a stranger things or like these mm -hmm. other shows where it's, I mean, look, look how good Ellie was in, in last of us. Like people love yeah. her character. Like, so I think this show has a lot of potential and it's just like new territory, but it's still in the Mando verse of shows. So it's, it's going to be really cool to see, how they incorporate this show into the greater scope of the Mandoverse. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think you are correct. Like, I really didn't hear much buzz. Most of the buzz I heard was, like, Acolyte or Ahsoka. Ahsoka Ray or Daisy. Yeah. or mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so so pretty psyched. Pretty psyched for Skeleton Crew. It's coming out this year, too. They, they confirmed yeah. that, I'm pretty sure. So... I don't have a date, but you know, if Ahsoka's running in late August, I would expect this. Maybe December, to get the probably. maybe to get the Book of Boba Fett treatment, where it's like the last possible week of of December before the New Year, so they can sneak it in, say twenty twenty three. It'll be December thirty first at eleven fifty nine and fifty nine <laughs> seconds, probably. Oh my gosh! Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Something like that. Um, so yeah, that that was that was a lot of fun there. Um, you know, another, another highlight for me, again, um, with the community, just meeting a lot of people, especially in Star Wars Celebration Europe. You know, we would get, you know, food afterwards. The convention would let out seven, get food afterwards, and we would go and hang out. And, and oftentimes, it'd be almost like the United Nations because you would have somebody from Canada, somebody from the United States, somebody from Finland, somebody from England. Like, we're all sitting at a table just like, it I, I love celebration because it brings everybody together from around the world. Everybody together from around the world. And it's there's nothing quite like it because literally everybody is 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 super jazzed, super hyped to talk about yep. Star Wars. And we'd be sitting at a pub and there'd be people that were playing Sabak right next to us. Yeah. You know? And then they would come up to us and be like, hey, I have some some stickers, because that's the thing with um celebration. Is people like go crazy with the swag? Like people make their own swag. Like I got Star Wars like coasters for like you know just drinks and stuff. Like somebody was just yep. passing all their stuff out. Like at the end of the convention, people were just outside the door. Like, hey, take one. I made a bunch of these. I want to get rid of them. And then just getting all this awesome merchandise for nothing or trading it. Like I had pins. I would be giving it people. And hey, you want this? I'll trade you. And you know, so it's a really like nice tight-knit community where everybody's just so welcoming you know oh yeah i think the big thing as well like you know you have that when you're there in person with all of those fans at celebration but it really felt anyways like at Ce for celebration weekend like of course you know now like things since we've gone into mando and all this stuff over the coming weeks you know we're back to like normal star wars online mm -hmm. discourse and debating but that celebration weekend, like that Thursday to Monday, like it was so 
nice because all of the Star Wars talk online on our end back here, like it was all positive. It <laughs> really? was just positive. Yeah, it was like positive talk. Like, you know, there was a little chatter of like, oh, why, you know, why are they doing a Ray movie or whatever? <laughs> of course. But like for the most part, like it was like really positive talk about Star Wars because I think people, you know, it's just it's just such an exciting time because, you know, they actually came with movies. They came with a variety of shows. They came with a variety of movies. Like we mentioned earlier, there's one 25,000 years. There's one during the Mandoverse. And mm. then there's one after Rise. Like they came with a good variety. They came with the High Republic stuff. They came with the, you know, everything in between. So it just, it seemed like everybody online, like just seeing people generally tweeting like, whoa, or like, you know, like getting excited, like seeing random tweets from people that are normally negative. It's cool just seeing like, like for those few days anyways, people were actually being really positive and stuff about Star Wars, which was such a nice like change of pace compared to, you know, sometimes our normal online chatter isn't the greatest. So it was a nice, refreshing weekend, I could say the least, from like our end back here. Um, and then it was just cool seeing like how excited people were. Like I was seeing, you know, I have some I have a I have some like Star Wars friends that are that live out in California and you know, they were up like covering the event and tweeting about it and stuff. And, you know, you know, for them, they were having to be up at 3 a.m. to watch it and like cover it. But it's cool, like seeing how excited they are, like, you know, getting up in the middle of the night to cover Star to like watch Star oh Wars news gosh. on Twitter, like stuff like that. So, like, it was really cool just seeing that sort of thing happen. Um, just because I don't know, it's just it's a I feel like Star Wars is trending in a nice place like say what you want like say the way mando was this year but i think star wars like moving forward is trending in a very good direction whether it be the shows uh the movies like look we haven't even touched on the animated projects like you have oh, tales yeah. of the tales of the jedi season two coming oh, out yeah. which that that's gonna be awesome like we yes. love that series and then we got um, the next, the final season of Bad Batch, the yeah. final they emphasized. So, yeah, I was, I was going to say, you heard it here first, folks. We called it. <laughs> so, like, there's several, um, oh. several really cool projects coming up. Oh, yeah. Up. Let me let me tell you guys about the trailer because I've seen the trailer twice. Oh, yeah. Um, for Bad Batch. Uh, so, Bad Batch trailer is effing dark as all hell. Mm. It is so dark, like, like figuratively, but literally, like, it, the color is like a lot of darks, a lot of grays, blacks. Um, and you see Palpatine. Pal uh, Palpatine comes out in his Lambda class shuttle with the Royal Guards, the oh Red Royal Guards, and he means business. Like he is kicking ass and taking names, basically. And then you just see the you see you know the clones running around. You see Commander Wolf is in there. Nope. So very much it's like okay, this is what happened. We have to get Omega back. And you see Omega talking with Crosshair in a sequence and. Yeah, I mean, this is this is great that they have a finite landing spot. Same thing with Andor. Like, when they were talking about Andor, Tony Gilroy was like, yeah, I'm happy that we know exactly where we're going to end up. Like, we have this finite amount of episodes for storytelling that we can make it tight and make every second matter. So, with Bad Batch, that second season was a lot of character development, a lot of you know, getting the inside these characters' heads, and now the keg is prepared to explode for this third season, and uh, things are probably not going to go well, I'm guessing, if it's anything to see from the final episode of season two, 
poor old tech. But uh, yeah, I was I was happy to learn more about Bad Batch and definitely uh, to get that acknowledgement that it is the final season. They can end it right, not like Resistance where it just was like, oh, we're ending it. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good getting that definitive announcement just because like, you know, how long could they drag the show on? So it was good. Like three seasons, I think, is a good amount. And it's a good amount for an animated show. It also brings up the question, of course, we're not even to this season of Bad Batch yet. It makes me wonder what they're going to eventually put in its place. Because Star Wars always has an animated show, you know, kicking. A multi, like, episode 15, 14 episode, 16 episode show kicking. So it makes you wonder what they're going to eventually do in its place. Like, maybe are we going to get something, like, from the High Republic? Or maybe post-episode 9, like, something like that, or... You know, it's going to, or heck, even what if they go back and do a um, a show taking place 25,000 years ago to like maybe, you know, obviously not connect to maybe James Mangold's movie, but do something along those timelines. Like, I feel like there's plenty of opportunities for them in terms of the animated space, you know, so it's, it's the cool thing is with Bad Batch, like Bad Batch, I feel like is going to probably have a pretty good final season. But it just also already brings up the question, like, man, I'm interested to see what they put in its place eventually. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my gosh. How could I not talk about this moment? But I have to talk about it. My panel. I had the panel of bounty hunters, smugglers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost went this whole hour without talking about my panel. Bounty hunters, smugglers, and gangsters are scum and villainy through the years. So... This was a bit, this was a lot of fun. So I had Dominic Jones, I had Kieran Duggan, both from Star Wars Underworld. Then I had uh, I had uh, Mark Brooks from um, sorry, not Mark Brooks, Matt Matt Booker. See, this is what happens when you're still in German time, everybody. It's like in my head, I'm thinking it's 3 a.m. right now, which is why you've seen me yawn a few times. I'm trying my best. Matt Booker from Phantatrax. We had Adam Christopher. New York Times bestselling author of Shadow of the Sith, and we had Ethan Sachs, writer of the Star Wars Bounty Hunter comics, ongoing right now. And so it was all six of us. We were on the fan stage at 6 o'clock on Saturday. And what happened was, there's, it's that moment of, tr the moment of truth, right? Because like, there's that whole room extra for like the queue for people to go in before they even get into the fan stage. So we had our own room just for people to get in line to get into our room. So we're, we got there like 30 minutes early and I'm like looking every couple minutes to see how many people go into the queue stage. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's actually people coming to this panel. I'm like... That was during the Clone Wars panel. Yes! It was during the Clone Wars panel and during a High Republic costume meetup, which was Ooh. really big. And I was like... That's, that's brutal on your part. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. And there was 600 seats in our place and, and they were almost basically almost all full. So we were getting ready and it was like that awkward moment because like we have people that were from the previous panel that weren't getting up out of the seats to move out of there. Like mm -hmm. the other the previous panel wasn't moving. They were like chit chatting with all their people. And then I was trying to be professional about it. And then even like um, one of our panelists was like, hey, uh, maybe we should slowly like try to move in because we had like 10 minutes to go. <laughs> And then the other guy that was controlled room was like, all right, uh, we're going to start letting people in. Is that a cool? I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So it was, it was a little bit of a rough start because like, and we also had another panelist that was literally doing another panel till six. 
So I was like, mm. okay, we're going to be cutting this close. <laughs> but then, but then they're like, you're the last panel of the day here, so you can go along as long as you want. It doesn't really matter. There's nobody coming in after you. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So backing up a little bit, before that happened, we were standing outside while that other panel was still going on. And there's a guy in a full Dengar cosplay that came up. And it was just like, we're just, you know, shooting a crap, just talking to this guy, really nice guy. His name's Jack. He's from the UK. And he had mentioned something about how with the armor he's wearing, he can't literally sit down. <laughs> he can't literally sit down. So it dawned on me. I asked him, I said, hey, look, if you're not like scared of stage fright, I'm going to call you out and you're going to come to the stage when we start the panel and just stand guard next to us the whole time. And I was like, are you cool with that? He's like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I start the panel. First off, you could tell it was my first panel because I need, I forgot to introduce myself. <laughs> I realized this 10 minutes in and I came back and as I talked to the guy, I said, oh, by the way, I'm Chris, creator of the Star Raptor YouTube channel. I forgot to say this before. But anyway, yeah, so I was like, all right. So so basically, I don't want to keep going on and on about this. But no, the panel went really well. Uh, yes, I had the Dengar guy standing there. It's really fun. I, I called out all the bounty hunter um, underworld characters and costumes. I said, hey, everybody stand up if you're wearing an underworld costume. And there was quite a few people that were, so that was really neat. And uh, it was a really good flow of conversation. I mean, we talked everything from um, equipment that bounty hunters use to locations, uh, it was nice being able to talk to official Star Wars authors and like getting into a headspace about like why they pick certain characters in their stories or how they go about making original characters that dwell in the underworld. So it was really quite insightful because I felt like I was able to grab information out. And, you know, we went around the room um, for a while and I had some questions and answers from people in the crowd. So that was really fun. They were coming up with the mic one at a time. You're answering questions and we played a little game at the end to close things off and kind of bring up the excitement a little bit where I just simply said, we're going to go down a line and you're going to tell me a, an, an underworld character and we're going to keep on going until somebody doesn't know and then they get knocked out. So it was like a rapid fire. Like you have three seconds to give me a character name. Otherwise you're out. So that went on for all of a minute and a half. And then I was like, that's the show. We had like literally a minute and a half left before it would have been an hour anyway. So I was like, perfect timing, perfect timing. Um, so yeah, I mean, starting this thing off, I seen the room and I was just like, the room was like really long. And there was a <laughs> lot of chairs. I have pictures or two on, on Facebook and Twitter of it. <laughs> but I actually didn't get nervous. I was, I was surprised for myself. I was like, I didn't stutter. The only thing I had an issue with was like my microphone wasn't sensitive enough. And it was like one of those microphones. It's like, it's not like the one I have. It's like in, it's like on a stand, like in the desk. So I had to kind of like lean over and like into the mm. mic, like almost had to like eat the mic to like, Gosh. and it was like uncomfortable because I was like, I don't want to look like I have bad posture. Like I'm like leaned over, like trying mm -hmm. to be loud talking and it sounds okay, but it's just, I wish the mic was a little bit more sensitive so I didn't have to keep leaning over every time I wanted to talk but it was a lot of fun moderating um and it was cool because I was you know controlling the conversation so somebody would talk I didn't want somebody to talk for too too long so then I would switch it to somebody hey what are your thoughts on this and what are your thoughts on that and I would you know you know discuss you know just normal moderating things so that, 
that's the that was the ins and outs of how you do a panel. I'm gonna do another one real soon here. Hopefully, New York Comic Con, I could do a Star Wars panel. I'm gonna try to apply there and and, and see what happens there. But I was really happy I did it, and it was really fun. And then even after the panel, we were chit chatting with a couple people that came up and these people in Mandalorian armor, and it was, it was it was a really fun time. So yeah, I was. I was happy I did it and that I didn't like shy away from doing it because honestly when I first proposed to do this thing I didn't even expect to get accepted so I was like oh I have to go through with it now they said they want me to do it I guess I gotta really do this thing yeah hey that's really awesome I'm um yeah it was exciting like that you were getting to do that it's great you got a pretty good turnout considering like we said the Clone Wars panel higher public panels were going on it's like that's great that you got a good turnout like that and it's just a good experience like that because, you know, we're doing the podcast here, but it's from the convenience of our houses versus like in front of people. So like that's that's definitely great that you, you know, you were able to get that experience. And like, you know, of course, it'll like, you know, pave the way forward for more of like the in-person things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another another fun memory here we have. And I expect to do this for 30 minutes. And here we are doubling the time. See, as I start to talk about this, I start to wake up more. Because <laughs> there's just so much fun. It's so much fun. I, I, like, so I was with Dominic Jones. I'll be honest, there wasn't a lot of Americans at the convention to be expected. I mean, it's it's not just a skip and a jump to get over there. It's, you know, it's a commitment and 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 costs money and everything. So I I understand. So basically, we didn't have our normal crew of people that ha I've been hanging out with celebrations. So it was more of a tight knit crew between me and Dominic from Star Wars Underworld, who's been on the podcast and uh a couple other people but we would have at the end of every convention or at the end of every day and you could go on the star wars underworld's podcast feed to listen to all of our little like podcasts but they're always the best i i always really enjoy those podcasts because we just like dominic will pull out his smartphone and we'll just like talk into it and he'll record and we'll just talk about what happened that day and the first day we were planning on doing it for like 20 minutes and literally it took us almost a full hour because there's so much stuff happening. But it was funny because we go outside of the convention center of the XL and we stand like within 50 feet of the exit. And then with 20, within 20 minutes of that, some guys getting us to like some workers getting us to move down the stairs further away from the convention. Then we stop for another 10 minutes and there's people fighting with lightsabers as we're talking about the Acolyte, as we're talking about Mandalorian. And then another 10 minutes later, they're like, you have, you have to move further away. So then we move further away. And then another 10 minutes, we eventually just start walking. And we're continuing to record this entire time as we're walking through the streets of London. And none of us three know where the hell we're going. <laughs> and we're recording this podcast just walking <laughs> down this street in London with freaking airplanes low flying because the London City Airport is like literally like right over there so every once in a while we just kind of have to like stop talking be like up oh, there goes the airplane again okay now we can talk again and, and then we end up like in front of some random business and at that point it was like 50 something minutes I'm like okay we should probably wrap this up and find food because at this point it's like eight o'clock at night and the convention's been closed for an hour at this point and it's just moments like those that are just hilarious and I love those moments where it's just a small little things of just a bunch of people just randomly walking around recording a podcast in a foreign city like okay what the heck are we doing right now <laughs> well well that's the thing I mean you know of course like everybody around the world we all got like all the news 
But the main important thing from Celebration is like, or New York Comic Con or wherever, is like the fan experiences of like, you know, just like your experience you just described with Dominic. Like, you know, going around with other fans, like doing fun Star Wars related things, like making memories like that. Like, that's what people like go to those things for like you know sure you go to like get your star wars news your big daisy ridley appearance like you Mm -hmm. get you get those type of things but i feel like the the actual like in-person experience is better i mean look you guys like did that podcast like you know your girlfriend had a good time they're like everybody's having a good time like it's more of like a vacation than just like oh hey let's go get star wars news for three days Yeah, I, I like to look at Celebration as a conduit or, like, an entrance way to, like, make yep. a vacation. Like, okay, I would have yep. never... I, I wouldn't say I would have never gone to Europe, but it definitely helped when they announced that back in Anaheim. I said, I'm going to Europe. Here we go. I'm packing my bags. I'll see you there in 11 months. And I didn't step back. I said, that's my way out there. And, and um, I, I, I don't want to say I will be in Japan... Look, it'll be an 80% chance I'll be in Japan. I'll say that much. Because that two years. That two years, a lot can happen in two years. Um, you know, living conditions and everything else could change, and I might not be able to afford it. But at current time, I'll say currently now, at this point in my life, I will say I'll be there, but I can't make promises. Um, yeah. The main thing is the tickets are not that bad. Right now, it's like if you look ahead, it's like $1,000 basically round trip to go to japan i don't care about that as much i'm just like i was on a plane for seven hours to, to straight to london from newark and it was like i couldn't sleep i was crammed and i was like oh my gosh get me off this plane i can't fall asleep um yeah. so i'm like ooh, what happens if i double that time how am i gonna feel then that's like the only downside i don't care about the money as much it's just transportation to get there Oh yeah, plane flight. It uh, it's tiring. I mean, when we flew to Hawaii, it was like nine, and it was like, like, you know, it, it's it drags. And like you said, almost double that, like fourteen, fifteen hours to to Japan. That would be quite the flight. It's it is cool though that they're that they're going to Japan. Like I think that's a pretty cool destination, considering like the history of Star Wars with like the Japanese and Chinese cultures over there. Like, for, like, the samurai and, like, that sort of stuff, like, where Lucas got a lot of ins- mm. inspiration from. I think I think that's really, really cool that they're, like, going there. And it opens up a big market for Star Wars just because, or for Star Wars, like, in-person stuff versus just, like, you know, the UK or um, the US even. Because it's just, like, you know, a lot of American people. Now, like, they're going to get all of Southeast Asia and, like, you know, I think... Um, I think they'll get a really, really good turnout there um, for for celebration. Yeah, I mean, there's no other reason why I would go to Japan. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, me either. For this, I'm like, oh, this could be a trip of a lifetime again. Like, this yeah. could be the one time I actually go over there. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I want to go. I'm planning on going. I'll start saving. I, you know, the moment I got out of Europe, I'm like, all right, I'll start saving a little bit. When I, when I'm looking at the action figure aisle in Target, and I have that Boba Fett in my hands, and I'm saying, oh, do I need another Boba Fett? I might just decide to say, oh, this could be an extra twenty, thirty bucks toward my Japan fund, you know, and put them back I on just, the shelf. They just, just slowly put back twenty, thirty bucks here and there, <laughs> and bucks, and you know, before you know it, you'll. 
you'll have uh, plane tickets and you'll be ready to go. And yeah, I'm sure. Hey, I'm I'm sure your girlfriend will be like, "Hey, let's go, let's travel." Oh, she's already, she already wants to go. She's mentioned it a couple times in the last couple of days. I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I'm not getting out of this, am I?" <laughs> hey, hey, there you go. That that could be your your guys's Christmas gift to each other this year. <laughs> Just yeah, be like, basically. "Hey." Let's, let's well, put the, money the, back the, the, the main thing is it's happening in two years. So even if anybody wanted to go, I, I think yeah. it's a lot more doable to do this in in uh, the two years April. than eleven months. You know, it's yeah. a lot. People plan things ahead a year, but I think two years gives people plenty of time to go. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be very curious. I mean, I'll be very curious um, to see the the demographic. I mean, obviously in that area, it's going to be very different for for somebody like you or me to be over there you know what i mean like just the culture of being in that that area is going to be super interesting to be like complete culture shock you know oh yeah i mean for us from the u.s or even some of our other friends um like i know like hannah from the race side like she's talked about she might be going to it but she like she said it you know it's just like such a big difference because it's it's like a total culture change for like all of us basically all mm -hmm. of us more like american-based people yeah i mean even going to europe it was kind of like the twilight yeah. zone for me because you know everything was a little bit different obviously people talk different over there and then things are a little slower over there i mean for me specifically in the northeast near new york and all everything's always fast moving and all and people over there are just like a lot more easygoing a lot more just laid back which is nice um, you know, you got different signs for things like exit signs are way out instead of exit signs are in green. Um, you know, the bathrooms, the toilets are smaller, like little like things like people driving on the other side of the road. If you're in the UK, like seeing castles in the middle of modern architecture at, that are five, six hundred years old. All those little things that are like, OK, this is different, very different. Um, oh, so I can oh, see yeah. Japan being the same, if not even more so. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, I think that'll, that'll be an interesting part of it. Like for me anyways, like if I would go to it, of course you want to go for Star Wars celebration, but like, if I'm going to go there, I want to go to go see some of the actual like historical stuff there, you know, like, like that sort of stuff, just because like, who knows when you would ever go back. Mm -hmm. Like could be, cause me, I mean, me personally, like, that would not be like my number one place for like my travel destinations of where I'd want to go to in a lifetime versus like, I don't know, somewhere like Egypt or, or somewhere like that, you know? Um, so like, it's cool that they're putting it there just because it'll, it'll not make, but you know, it'll make people like go there versus just like, yeah. Hey, let's go to, let's go to Anaheim or yeah. Chicago or wherever. I, so I, I just feel for the people I don't know if you're, you might be included in this, Ben. I feel for the people that looked at London and were like, oh, I'm so close to going. And they said, you know what? I'll wait till next year. When, or or when we found out in 2025, everybody, I think, was pretty set on being, oh, it's definitely going to be in America then. And people I was, were like, oh, I, yeah. Like, I don't care about London because in two years, I'll be in America. And now people are saying, oh, gosh, it's even further away than the UK. I, now I'm not going to celebration for another eight years or whoever knows when it's going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's my I thought thing. it was. I was like fully, I don't know why. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear anybody talking about it, but I just had a feeling like I thought it was going to come to the East Coast um, yeah. potentially. And then when they said Japan, I'm like, my reaction was like, whoa, I did not see that coming. So, uh, so yeah, that was a big, big surprise to say the least. 
I, hey, you know I, they should. Yeah. Go on. No, I was just thinking like the, like the continents. Now they have to have it in South America. They've never had it there before. Have it in well, Brazil. Brazil. Have it in. Hey, let's go all out. They need to go and have an Antarctica Hoth theme. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. But no, Bra Brazil would be a really cool spot because there's always that really huge Brazil comic con. That's what that I was thinking exactly why, yeah. That would be that would be an excellent spot, actually. Um and then you know there's plenty of really cool tourist destinations there on top of celebration. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, we want to hear from you guys listening watching. Do you plan on going to Celebration in Japan? Where else would you like to see Celebration in your hometown where you're from? Let us know in the comment section down below. Well, I think I've said as much as I want to say for now. And like I said, we can have enough um, conversation for each one of those major announcements. Um, oh, I said this the first time we recorded and that never went through with your audio because of me not realizing it. The Andor stuff. I, I like seeing the Andor representation at this convention. The fact that these guys didn't really get a whole lot to say in, in the lead up to their show. So for them to get the respect and the praise now that we've all seen and most of us have loved. <laughs> or I wouldn't say most, but like a lot of us have loved that season. At least in the building there at Celebration, you could feel the passion for Andor. It was infectious. And so infectious so that there is a legion of Narcana 5 cosplayers. So at the actual panel that opened up Celebration, Andy Circus got on stage, and all of a sudden these guys were all in one area, and they said, no way out, what way out, what? And they just started to chant, and then the whole audience, everybody, all 4,000 of us started saying this. And like Andy Circus was like so amazed, and he even started joining in. And then later that day, I was walking the convention floor, and it was very packed, Next thing you know, I see about a hundred of those people running around the convention. And usually we see the running of the Will Row Hoods. Well, that got put to shame with the running of the Narcana Five Prisoners because even some of those people were so dedicated, they even have shoes on, all right? And this is like 20,000 people in this place. And I can't imagine how dirty their feet were by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool, like seeing that, seeing like how passionate those people are about about Andor, and then you know, of course, like doing the whole one way out thing. Like that's that was really cool. Like even for me, not being like a huge fan of that show, like I thought that was really cool. And like from that show in general, like the panel for someone like me, or maybe other people even who weren't huge fans of it, I think they put on and gave us enough info about the next season to make like me be excited for it. Actually, like I'm actually excited for the next season because I I like the 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 uh the the three episode arc and then time jump aspect to the show like i think that's a really really good format for them and then the fact that you know now that cassian's with the rebels or well the upcoming rebels and everything like i think that's a great great part of it and of course andy circus like being back like who doesn't love andy circus like no matter what he's in he always does a fantastic job so i'm i'm excited to see where his his character is going to head in the um in the next season and then of course like all of our other main characters like mon mothma and luthan and you know uh whoever else it may be uh denise goes character like all of them i'm really excited oh yeah so any last thoughts on celebration there ben 
Um, I would say overall, like Celebration for me, I think was a a big success this year. Even just being like from a at home viewers perspective, even though it wasn't streamed, which I thought was kind of like eye rolling a little bit because it would have been amazing to see like the Daisy Ridley thing like live. But even setting that up, that aside. I think Celebration was a big success because there have been years in the past where we've had Celebrations and we finish it and we're like, like the one year I remember specifically that stands out the most to me by far is the year they gave us the Rebels trailer with Thrawn appearing in the trailer. Okay, that was a hype moment for Celebration, but mm -hmm. you're, an animated show shouldn't blow out of the water all of your other live action stuff that's there. Like that was the biggest thing coming out of Celebration that year was the Thrawn trailer. So, like, the fact that they gave us a lot of stuff to be hyped about, whether it be, like, the animated, the live-action stuff, like, all the shows, the trailers, um, you know, we mentioned, like, like for me, like, the Ahsoka trailer and the fact that they're, like, committing to movies and everything, like, I'm really excited for that aspect. So, I think, overall, for me, Star Wars Celebration was a, uh, a really big success, and I'm it actually got me excited like it did its job like we talk about trailers like like john campia says like does a trailer get you excited for like the movie like does it raise your hype level and for me like star wars celebration did that in this aspect like it made me more excited for star wars versus just being like oh man we're just getting like thrown out in the woods with no news basically like we actually yeah. have a lot of stuff to talk about i mean heck there's gonna be stories you know we've been talking about um you know off air anyways like We've been we have plenty of stories to talk about coming out of celebration that can last us for probably another month or two months, like if we break them down. So you know, there's plenty of things to talk about. So for me, celebration overall was a really big success. Yeah, for me, uh, two different things here. I would say it's probably the strongest celebration as far as announcements are concerned that I've noticed. I oh, mean, yeah. what celebration have we ever gotten? Three movie announcements and so many freaking trailers for different things, including animation. To even talk about the whole little segment they had on the live stream that was like the unannounced Jedi Survivor panel, basically, that was happening. Um, that was on a live stage, and I was right there with it because I heard somebody say, you got to be at the stage if you're a Jedi Survivor fan at Sunday at 12 o'clock. And I was waiting there at 11.45, ready for them to happen. And there he did. He showed up. Good old Cameron Monaghan is... Cal Kessis talking about how many times ponchos. It was crazy. You can watch that on YouTube. That was great. And then they showed the final trailer, which, yeah, I started playing Jedi Fallen Order again today. And I'm like, oh, man, this game is so good. I'm getting warmed up. But so from the perspective of announcements, I loved it. From the perspective of the people, I thought it was so cool being surrounded by Europeans and then just different people that haven't had a chance to go to Celebration. For the overall vibe compared to, let's say, the other two, I went to Chicago and Anaheim. I, I'll, I'll be honest, now that I'm thinking about it more, I like the layouts more for those places than, than the one in XL London. Um, so in Chicago, everything was like, there was like more things happening outside of the convention nearby. So even after the convention, I still felt like I was wandering the halls of the connected hotels and there'd be like little parties popping up in hotel lobbies and stuff like all celebration people. But I didn't get that kind of spill out kind of experience with the community here at Excel. Like once once that ended the convention, like everybody just booked it out of there and there was like nothing nearby that I know of that was like a congregation point for people. Um, and then with Anaheim, it was like you had Disneyland. So there was like that big Disneyland event. They had more after hour events there. They had like the emo like punk night 
thing over there at one of the venues, which was so much fun. And then in Anaheim, like even the layout of that convention was the best out of everything because it was in Anaheim and it was in summer. It was nice and sunny, like 75 degrees, no rain at all. Um, so like people would go outside because like it was so nice. Like you'd have cosplayers just chilling all around outside. There was like other buildings that you would have to like literally go outside to travel to. Um, so I like that convention a lot. That layout was just like, when you're in California, it's beautiful out there. Whereas London, it was raining half the time. So even if you could go outside, you wouldn't want to because it was only like 50 something degrees, which isn't <laughs> terrible. I mean, I just wore a sweatshirt every day or like my leather jacket or something. But other than that, it was like, yeah, I wish the layout could have been better. Even if you're looking at the convention center itself, the XL center, it's like one straight long path that's like a mile long. I'm not, I don't even think I'm exaggerating. It's probably as close to mile. Like, and that's where like there, there's food stands on either side and you get funneled into this like rather narrow like concourse. And then there's like stuff open on the outside, which is where the stages are. Like they open up like the outside areas. Outside, not like meaning like outdoors, but like outside of the main concourse, they open up these big, large rooms and that's where your stages are and all. So for me, it seemed like it was a little bit of a cluster, um, especially with all those people. I was like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't really find places to just like just chill outside of the way because there's people everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, you know, going to like a big event like that. You know, even though, of course, you're like hyped about everything, you know, there are times I'm sure you were like, man, I just want to like stand to the side and just kind of chill for like 20, 20 minutes or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but overall, I had a lot of fun, made a lot of cool memories that I'll never forget. And again, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll see some of you guys out there one of these days, one of these days, hopefully two years time in Japan. Let's make it happen. Start saving the money, start putting, uh, the money in a jar, as we like to say here in America, a little bit at a time goes a long way. There we go. I mean, hey, if you think about it, it's, um, you know, if you throw back, try to put back 50 bucks a month, you'll you'll probably be yeah. like chipping away at the plane tickets and stuff. Like, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be good. There you go. Just there you go. Save. Yeah. So next week is a big week. We got Star Wars Timelines, which is a book I've been looking forward to, which is literally the entire chronology in timeline order of the Star Wars universe. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we also have Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which will probably be my, if it's anything like Fallen Order, it's going to be my favorite Star Wars thing of 2023 because 2020, or no, 2019 is when the first game came out. That came out like a week after Mandalorian and it came like a week before or something of the Rise of Skywalker. And I still enjoyed the most out of all those things. Like, I just love that game so much. So, yeah, I'm, I'm literally one week away from probably my game of year, probably my Star Wars thing of the year. So I cannot wait for that. I'm going to be playing it on PC. I'm going to be ready to go next Friday. Um, if I didn't use up all my PTO on my trip to Europe, I probably would have taken a day off for Friday to play that game, if I'm being honest. But I'll just have to grin and bear with it and get through work and 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 play when I can and probably go on social media blackout because I really don't want anybody to spoil this thing. And we all know here in the Star Wars community that you can't trust your friends to not spoil crap. And I, I admit I'm one of those people sometimes. I don't mean to do it that much, but 
sometimes I might let something slip. So I got to be careful. And I will be careful by simply not going on Twitter, staying away from Facebook, and being very careful when I go on YouTube to upload videos. I don't see a thumbnail that I don't want to see because that happened last time, dude. I was, I was, um, I got so mad. I, it was like two days before the game came out for Fallen Order. And I got a video, a recommended video that came up that said something about double blade lightsabers in the game. And I was like, yep. no, that was such a cool moment in the game when there was no promotion for it that you would get a double blade lightsaber. And yet somebody played the game early and was like, oh, there's double blade lightsabers. I'm like, you son of a gun, man. So I learned real quick to turn off the recommended videos after I seen that in YouTube settings. I'm like, not nah, falling for that again because I got a notification on the phone. I'm like, no, screw that. Yep. Oh, yeah, you got to be really careful with social media these days, whether it be YouTube especially, because people just put thumbnails on and then you're like, oh, no, or titles or um, or Twitter, for example. It'll be people you're not even following. It'll just pop up like random tweets of people, what they're saying about the game and stuff. So you got to be like really careful and vigilant because if not, you never know where you're going to get spoiled at these days. Like you could literally get a spoiler for Star Wars like anywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, so that is going to do it for us here. Ben, where can the people follow it? And what are you going to be talking about this week? Yeah, I mean, this weekend, I'm just going to be, like, meal prepping and, like, um, just going to actually be watching Star Wars Rebels with one of my friends because he's only seen, like, the live-action stuff, basically. And he was like, hey, what's the significance of of that show to Ahsoka. And I'm like, Oh, well, Ahsoka is basically rebels season five. So, you know, it'll be really good for you to watch it. So we're going to start chipping away at that series over the coming months. Um, you know, just to lead up to Ahsoka in August. So we're starting that tomorrow and then, you know, just the typical working out and, uh, you know, that sort of stuff is, that's pretty much all I'll be talking about, um, in the meantime. And then if we get any star Wars news, of course, I'll be like, reacting to it live on twitter as it as it breaks or anything so you can find me oh, yeah. talking star wars news and all of this stu- other stuff at real ben maynard on twitter and if you want to find milton where um milton basically on his twitter account like he just tweets like funny sports memes or other star wars stuff like us you can find him at milton weber 7 and then if you want to follow milton on instagram he always is posting like his meal prep his like workouts and you know, just all kinds of like fitness and health lifestyle related things on his Instagram. And his Instagram handle is Milton, the number seven, and then Weber. And there you go. And of course, you can follow us here every Friday at nine o'clock Eastern. We go live uh, talking about our favorite Star Wars things of all time. Um, Our favorite Star Wars, our favorite science fantasy. That's what I was trying to say. Science fantasy, everybody. Yeah, I know. I'm still adjusting. I'm still adjusting here. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Raptor. And on Twitter, I'm probably talking about how I just beat The Last of Us. Amazing game. Held up so well. Um, or I should say the series held up so well with that game. Like, they went hand in hand. And you'll be seeing me talk about Jedi Survivor probably constantly while avoiding spoilers and being very vague and giving my first impressions there. So... Yeah, you'll, you'll hear maybe my first impressions next week um, if I get a chance to play. I hope it's not that crap where it's like, oh, I can't play the game till 1 p.m. Eastern time because I'll be at work. But if they put up 12 a.m. local time, well, guess who's not getting much sleep that night before work? 
this guy. So <laughs> let's hope for the latter. I will sacrifice sleep to play that game if I need to. But for Milton, who couldn't be here tonight, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, that's going to do it for Adderim Transmission number 103. Thanks for watching. May the Force be with you in transmission.